This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Eventful weekend, boys, to to say the least. Obviously, travelling down to AC Wimbledon to, well, our fans' first visit anyway to that ground. Of course, it's not the Doctor Club's first visit since the move there, but very interesting afternoon. Um, Ross, how are we? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all well, thanks, mate. Good to hear, good to hear. Joe, how about yourself, mate? Yeah, still recovering from the big game. Uh, I mean, Ross went to Ketcher versus Geisley last night. But um, yeah, other than that, not much has really happened, I guess. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Uh, <laughs> difficult result for your boys, but um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's what it is. Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, our focus will be on MK Dons in this, this episode. And mostly Saturday, um, to be fair. Lots to talk about from that game. We'll focus on on the pitch, because um, off the pitch, obviously, I think it's well publicised what happened off the pitch. Um, one one draw. I think if you had if you ask people before the game whether they take one one draw, I think ninety percent of them have said no. Um, based on what we saw on the pitch, I think those ninety percent or a good eighty percent of them will probably say yes now. Um, say to say it wasn't great. It wasn't a great watch from the MK Don's perspective. Um, I think going into, I think a few hours before the game, I was speaking to a few Dons fans and saying, like, you know, if, if we win this game, I think we are in like pole position to get automatics. Um, of course, hindsight now would have told us it would be what were four, four or five points clear of now in second. And of course, after they lost to Pompey, it makes it look even better. So, you know, if, I think going and looking at that, I was, I was, I wasn't, I can never be confident in a derby game in terms of winning it, but I thought if we can get a result here, you know. I think we're almost across the line. Um, of course, the match starts and we don't really get into gear, first gear anyway. It was it was quite a poor start. Um, I thought the lads really struggled to get into the occasion and I think we were quite, well, I'm not going to speak for them, but from my perspective, they were quite intimidated by the whole atmosphere and maybe that comes down to not putting enough um, preparation into the actual occasion. Um I know Manning wanted to really focus on playing his football and I completely get that 
in 99% of games. But I think in the 1% of Derby games that I think Liam would be fair to admit that he hasn't really experienced that type of atmosphere before in England, especially. Um, I think, you know, of course you can chat to Lewis and you can chat to some of the people in the club that have done it before, but it was a completely new experience to everyone. I think spending an extra bit of time actually on the occasion could have done us a bit more than um, what we did in the actual game. But nonetheless, um, you know, we started pretty poorly and of course we conceded a goal. And when you play the the worst type of clubs like AC Wimbledon, you're going to concede the worst type of goals. And, and their goal was not great at all. Um, it's one of those classic FIFA rebound goals that somehow goes in the back of the net. And uh, Kosh is even a clean sheet. Um, and yeah, of course, in the team for the youngsters, for them, like, of course, it was a 29-year-old. Alex Woodyard, who I got the goal. So one nil down. Um, and then the rest of the first half, we were, we were pretty poor, to be honest. And I could tell there's a lot of unrest in the stand. And I think that carried over into the stand of the opposite stand also in terms of grieving them. And it wasn't a great uh, first half. And I, I was pretty furious, to be honest. And I imagine a lot of the, the way stand was in general, to be honest with you. Um, heading into the second half, we actually got down a tight playing of football again. Um, you know, especially when Mo came on, um, I think I think it's fair to say that the starting of Conor Wickham was the wrong choice. Um, I don't really understand. I, I can't understand why he, he started Conor Wickham over Moisa, but when, when the front three is playing as well as it is, I think you just play them. Um, and maybe that was Manning's way of trying to battle the occasion, but clearly, in hindsight, tells you that was um, the wrong approach to the right one. Um, but yeah, we started to play a little bit more, um, create more chances. Of course, when Mo comes on, he, he creates three or four really good ones, and that leads to the goal. From a corner, and um, who else would Dean Lewington to play the ball into Troy Parrott and a, an absolutely fantastic finish to say the least. Um, and you know, the way in it was brilliant, to be fair. And uh, you know, the limbs from that and seeing all those have been uh, really, really good to see, see over the weekend. Um, and yeah, we take a point from from Prowl Lane, which I think I said it, it's a good point based on what we're seeing now. Um, and yeah, and I'm sure as Ross would say, um, it's a point closer to where you want to be at the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you mentioned, obviously, the occasion getting to the better of most of these players. And you questioned, obviously, the preparation in terms of the occasion. But I felt that's a bit harsh to say because you can never really prepare what AFC, the AFC fans were planning to do in terms of, um, obviously, giving Lewington stick. I heard I wasn't there, but um, in the warm-up, they were un, uh, unsettling the squad. So you can't you can't really prepare for that scenario, but you can always question. Um, obviously, with it such being such a young squad, um, whether they're being a bit naive to the situation, um, and it to be fair, they did unsettle us in that in that first half especially, um, and um, it's it was one of the poorer halves I've seen of us this season, um, and in one of the biggest games. So just put it into context. Obviously, it's gonna. Walking out at half time, it's gonna have a nasty feel to it. Um, but as you say, for their goal, it's such a cheap goal. Um, Harvey should be clearing his lines from there. He decides to head it. I don't know why he doesn't let the ball drop down and he clip completely just puts it past the halfway line. But obviously, hindsight's um, a bad thing. Um, but yeah, as I say, the, their goal it goes through several people's legs and uh, one nil down. and. They go straight back into that box. Um, we didn't want them to go go into, and they make it hard for us. And um, I think yes, I agree with you, Liam. Um, in terms of obviously the Wickham um, being up top, I, I understand why Manning uh, started him. 
and his experience in big games um, and that physical side of him. I, d- I did feel like um, it'd be a real nuisance for the um, AFC's centre-halves and um, it just didn't work out. It, they looked a lot better for football inside than what we were in that first half. And then fair play to Manning. Um, he said, obviously, he said some stern words at half time, and he's got the reaction out of the boys. The intensity was so, so much better in that second half. Um, and then when Theo came on, I, it was Theo's that type of player, never backs down from a one on one, and it really showed. And um, fortunately, um, we we're getting enough corners, and them corners uh, obviously paid off, and uh, Parrot. That volley's an absolute joke. He could, he could have do that a hundred times in trading. He probably hit a, what about five to five to ten percent of them, and they'll go in. So uh, yeah, away end obviously going going absolutely off. Um, and then there was only well, I felt there was only one winner who, who looked like getting the winner, and that was us. And um, yes, I I before the game I was expecting a routine win, but a point. Um, well, we found out obviously Charlton got got the win against uh, Rotherham. Um, it's a it's a point gained in a scenario where we put first thought Rotherham would win and we'd win and we cancel out one another. So overall, a good day out, and uh, I'm sure uh, obviously looking back on it, uh, the players would have took that. Yeah, I think I think you're right when it's when you talk about you know you can't really prepare for the newer experiences and. You know, even even Dean Livington can't wouldn't have known what to expect from that game because he had never been there before in terms of being a kid on show playing at that stadium. So yeah, it's just it was hard to prepare for it. I just feel that um they could have done more. And I think they'll reflect on that. And to be fair to them, that is the toughest atmosphere and experience they'll face all season now. So they've got past that and they got to it from the game, which is really, really positive. And as I said, they're not gonna face a even though you look at Plymouth, which will be a sellout crowd uh, for their final home game of the season, which they're going to need the points for by the looks of it. I think even that won't match that AFC Wimbledon crowd on Saturday. So the fact that they got through that and got something from the game and came back is uh, very positive. Um, and I'm Joe, I'm sure you share the positive positivity overall from that game uh, for the result at least. Yeah, I mean, taking, you know, taking it out of context and all of that sort of stuff, you know, you look at league tables and you say, well, you know, maybe we should have done something a bit better and put in a better better showing of ourselves. But at the end of the day, at this stage of the season, it's just about points on the board. So it doesn't care if you battered a team and lost 1-0. You, you get zero points and that's bad at the moment. We're grinding those results out and that's all that matters. So, you know, to be, you know, probably the the worst maybe half an hour we've had since January sort of time, maybe since the Lincoln game, that the start the first half in that game. Um, but the thing is, you know, we say how bad it is, but at the end of it, I know obviously can, not everything is in the statistics, but in the first half, we both had three shots and, you know, they, they had two shots inside the box. Only one of them was on target in that one. God, it just seemed like it just took an age to trickle in, in right in front of us. And, yeah, I just one, one word I was thinking of was just cheap. It was just so cheap and soft, and um, just a real shame to really just not throw it away, but just to, to concede a goal like that when it's not that they haven't earned it, but it's um, you know it's, it's very avoidable. I thought, 
Um, it's not as if they've, you know, waltzed through us and w- worked an amazing goal. It was just, yeah, just not not great. Um, but I thought, you know, yeah, first 15, 20, we just looked flat, like nothing was really happening. I don't think they were necessarily all over us or anything like that. Um, you know, of course, whenever, when they get a corner or a throw in, you know, you can, the crowd are going to get on top of them. Um, but yeah, they just looked just flat and not much to our performance in the first half, which is the first time I can say that, <coughs> excuse me, in a while. And, um, you know, and then second half, as you say, much better, much more on the front foot. We had second half, we had um, 11 shots to their five. So, you know, well on top there. And um, I think one of the things I was just looking at is um, is the difference in, in Mo Issa and Connor Wickham. Now, I, I saw Connor Wickham start and I thought, yeah, and I'll get it, I'll get it. You know, you got you know Troy and um, and Scott buzzing in and around him, um, playing you know knockdowns into the areas around and and you know it almost used Connor Wickham as a focal point for Troy and trying to play off. But you know, having a look at where Connor Wickham's average touches were, well, in sixty minutes he had fifteen touches and he had you know they're all pretty much around the halfway line, all like say you know, from 30 yards out or so. It wasn't as if we were getting anywhere near their goal. Whereas you look at Mo, he only had seven touches, but quite a few of them were in the box. So I think one thing with Mo is, which we said before, is he occupies defenders. So even if he might not necessarily feel like he's in the game or or when he's not, you know, having 100 passes a game, of course he's not. But he's always there or thereabouts and... I think Wickham was coming, trying to come short quite a lot and um, and get the ball. So maybe that made it a little bit easier for for AFC Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon to defend. Um, but I mean, yeah, like you say, overall, look, we got out of there. We've retained our run. We've we've also uh, kept a certain run for AFC Wimbledon going, which is uh, a more unwelcome one for them. Um, Look, and there's what four games left, uh, four massive games left. We're in a very good position. That no, no, well, I mean, I certainly didn't see coming up, even if uh, maybe certain other people did, as I, and I was quite a dismissive of. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit of egg on my face there. But um, look, with it, it was still there or thereabouts. It's a point gained. Move on. Huge game coming up. Yeah, we've got that clip ready to go, Joe. Don't you worry. Once once we're oh, promoted, uh, it's a repeat, mate. <laughs> but obviously, Troy Parrott um, talked quite lyrical about his goal, but I think apart from that, he had, a again, a, an absolutely fantastic game outside of that. I think that type of game really, really suits him, just getting down to nitty-gritty. His personality suits it well and his game suits it well. Um, you know, won seven out of his nine ground duels, covered the length of the pitch multiple times, uh, and he got rewarded, of course, for his goal. And... I think not only did he deserve it, Ross, but again, that just shows the type of play we've seen in Troy for the past few months and why he's getting called up for Ireland and why he's getting so much praise from outside of um, Milton Keynes. Yeah, I think we've noticed, especially with Troy, um, in these, these probably, like, I'd probably say, five to ten um, games recently, um, especially in these big games, um, Troy has came through. And I think, especially with top players, um, individual quality, comes through in these big games and Troy's done that. And yes, um, obviously he's been, he's, he's been in good form recently, but we've mentioned it previous times. It's not just the goals about with Troy, it's his work rate. And I've always said as a, as a fan, 
I don't care whether players score goals or don't, um, but they don't score goals or they don't get assists. They're giving 110% on the pitch. I genuinely do believe um, good things will happen to players who work their ass off for, for one another. And um, that epitomises the uh, team this year in the sense of uh, they work for one another. Um, if Louis gets caught on the break, Harvey's there. It works all over the pitch. And um, just focusing on Troy, um, especially against AFC, um, it was his type of game. He wanted it to be physical. He didn't mind um, getting kicked at the ankles every now and then because he knew he was getting the better of, of them in that second half. And, um, yeah, fair play to Troy. And um, let's just hope uh, in these last four games he can keep it up and uh, take us over the line. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's it's been a joy to watch and um say so he's not doing it in terms of goals. He said Rossi, he's putting in the hard work and he's also doing stuff uh, creatively with freaky passes also on the nights on a day, sorry. So yeah, really, really good performance from him. Definitely deserved his um team of the week praise in both the EFL and the um football league paper accreditation. I uh, don't think many people actually recognise how well he did play until um looks a bit further into the stats, but yeah, it's fantastic performance and well done to him. Um, another player who had a very steady game, actually. I thought he started off a bit shaky, but who grew into it a lot was Connor Coventry again. Um, I was, he played a few sort of passes till the start of the game, much like the rest of the team. And I was like, buddy, hell, Connor, like, get it together. Um, and he did, luckily for us. I think he averaged like 90, I think 95, 96% passing actually on the day um, from 72 passes. So accuracy wise, that's really good, basically. Um, long balls wise, distribute the ball well. Um, and despite, of course, the nature of the game and how high their press was, I thought uh, Joe Connor had a, a pretty solid game in the centre of the park. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what I'm about to say, I think it also applies to Troy in, in some sense as well, as well in the fact that, you know, Connor Coventry and Troy Parrott, the, the sort of player they are, you know, it's almost like they could play, they suit a Barcelona style or a Burnley style. They can they can do both. And I think that's so apparent um, um, with them. Like They're more than happy to scrap, but they've also got that technical quality there as well. Um, yeah, I think um, with Connor and, and, and Josh, I think sometimes, and especially with the centre-backs maybe as well, we're a little bit too quick to go uh, long earlier on in the game. And so maybe we, you know, we didn't really keep hold of the ball as well as we should. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think he very much grew into the game. And I mean, he gave the ball away four times out of 76 passes. So yeah, I don't I don't think he was one of them uh, launching it forward, let's say. But um, yeah, just really solid. And he's just, I'm really, really impressed with him. I, 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 I'm just so confident with him in the, in the middle. And the thing is as well, you know, we've got to think, you know, since Kasumi, we've not really had a proper like all action defensive midfielder that, you know, we've, we've had quite a lot of creators in there, um, you know, Sermons, McEachrans, O'Reilly's. Um, but then, yeah, Connor Coventry just defensively screens that defence so well. He gets involved, um, he, he wins his duels and he, you know, he makes crucial tackles and interceptions. So yeah, another all action appearance for Connor Coventry. Four more, four more of them and uh, I'll be very happy. Yeah, most definitely. He uses quality and he shows that on a week-to-week basis for sure. But overall, lads, how do how do we find heading to their their stadium overall? I mean, obviously, you boys were in Ellsfield before the game. Um, I used to take clear of Ellsfield to be honest. 
Um, but how how did you find it overall? Um, it's, it was a weird experience. Um, in in terms of I knew what was coming, in terms of obviously the police um, handling us to and from the ground. Um, obviously you're gonna get this and that before and after the game. Um, but in terms of obviously, um, in terms of the stadium, I'm it's a bit of a sh- shithole if you ask me. Um, you're not wrong, yeah. Um, and that's not that's me being brutally honest there. Um, the I've saw saw um, obviously a few disabled fans uh, complaining due to their restricted views. Obviously, it being a quite a new stadium, they haven't got the facilities there for the, for them. And then, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird ground considering obviously it's newly built. Um, but in terms of facilities, I've, I felt they're quite poor and. Um, it's not a ground I want to go back to in the near future for sure. Yeah, I share your sentiment in the fact that I probably won't go back unless it's a very, very exceptional circumstance. Um, more so the fact that they don't even put any money back into their pocket, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, it was okay. It was all right. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we got something from the games. If we didn't, it would have been a, a long journey home for me for sure. Uh, Joe, how did you find it? Yeah, I think I think you can tell that three of those stands are said you know think what temporary is the word but you know in 10 years time when they're still there <clears throat> I, I suppose we'll really see won't we how temporary those stands are it was it's, it's very basic um it does the job i guess doesn't it um it's just yeah it's it was okay i guess it wasn't nothing special um i mean uh, it, yeah it is what it is um at least it's maybe closer to a train station than Stadium MK. There you go. There's a plus point for it. Yeah, and we got a ticket off our 92. So, I mean, that, that's another thing. Um, but yeah, it, I, yeah, I won't be going back any, anytime soon, to be honest. It's uh, not a ground that I'll be watching my football at for sure. I, 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 we uh, won't need to worry about heading there in the playoffs. That's one thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully for a, a few more seasons after that as well. That'd be nice. Um, Okay, we'll uh, we'll take a short little break, then we'll move on to our two games uh, this this week. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, two games to preview this week. I was two two massive games really. Um, one at Stadium and Cage every Wednesday, and one on the road to Oxford in a in a rearranged game, which uh, is is quite annoying for a lot of people. But we'll we'll stick with the game on Sky, the game every Wednesday at Stadium and Cage on Saturday evening. And uh, Joe is going to give you an insight into everything Wednesday. So, uh, Joe, uh, take it away. Yes. Yeah, so. Um... Sheffield Wednesday are welcome to uh, Stadium MK come Saturday evening. Um, it's live on Sky. Um, uh, interestingly enough, just a little side note, Ipswich will be playing Rotherham at 12.15 or 12.30. And Wigan are playing Cambridge, I believe, at 5.30. So uh, a feast of League One for us all on the Easter weekend. Um, so yeah, Sheffield Wednesday came into town and I believe there's about 5,000 of their fans coming as well, which is quite an effort given the game is on Sky as well. So um, yeah, likely to be a great atmosphere. Um, and, you know, why not? Because they're, they're certainly, um, you know, doing the business on the pitch. They've been uh, 
one of the best teams. I think uh, Bar, uh, Wigan and and ourselves, they've got the best record since the turn of the year. And, um, you know, there's I think there's a few things that have happened since the, the turn of the year that's really contributed towards that, um, which I'll get on to shortly. Um, in terms of away from home, they're actually um, the best home team in the league. So, you know, the majority of their points have been have been made up from from uh, from home games. Um, they currently sit in uh, fifth place in the table. Um, they are only they've got a gap of four to uh, to the oh sorry they're, they're level on points with seventh, with seventh um, which is Wickham. So you know they really do need a result in this game, and they'll be doing everything they can to to, to uh, stay in them playoff uh, places. Um, so yeah, like I say, a really good home record um, and uh, a pretty average away record. Uh, it's fair to say. Uh, in 20 games, they've only scored 24 goals away from home um, and actually have conceded more in 27, um, just winning six games away from home um, and then drawing eight. So they've only actually lost six at, um, six away from home. So, you know, they're not necessarily being battered away from home, uh, but they aren't, you know, let, let's say uh, pro prolific. So in terms of how they fared against other teams uh, in and around the league, um, with teams uh, from the ninth place and below, they've only actually lost three games. Uh, all of which were away from home. Um, so that in the top eight, they've actually five of their um, eight defeats for the whole season have come against that group. So it just goes to show that you know that, that they that they are um, maybe susceptible to not not winning um, these bigger games uh, when they do come around, uh, especially away from home, uh, as three of those losses against the top eight have come away from home. Um, in terms of what's changed since the start of the year, well, I think it's more mainly just the fact that they've had players back from injury. Um, they've had um, the, the main ones for me, are the likes of uh, Simo Luongo and uh, someone like George Byers. Um, both of them are really um, high up on like on average in the points per game. If you look at um, players who have played uh, 20 games or more, Simo Luongo has got the highest uh, points per match. Um, a real classy midfielder, and he's you know, he's a sort him Byers and Bannon in the middle of the pitch. They, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're that's a half decent championship midfield. Um, and so you know, to be at League One level, they really have been dominating games at times. Um, I think the only thing that Sheffield Wednesday maybe have lacked from is just a consistent goal threat up front. And um, they have got the likes of uh, Lee Gregory, Sado Berahino, uh, uh, Camberry. Uh, and Callum Patterson, who, who can also play up front sometimes, but I just, they just haven't quite had that consistent um, threat up top. And with, especially with um, uh, Windass, who, who came off the bench to score against the Dons. Again, he's been, had quite an injury blighted campaign, so that hasn't really helped them. Um, so in summary, a very good team that's very capable and it's full of players with championship experience. Um, it's a game which they need to win, so they 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 will be going for it. They're off the back of six unbeaten, um, but you know what? You know we, we we've done well in these big tight games, and why can't we do that again? Comes that. Yeah, I say it. thank you very much, for that, Joe and um, Ross. I believe you've got a few players to highlight that Joe hasn't highlighted that you want to talk about for Wednesday. So uh, let's know some of those. Yeah, um, Joe mentioned obviously about their goal scoring threats. Um, a player individually who I dislike playing against um, is Lee Gregory. 
He's got 10 goals, five assists this season. Um, the reason why I don't like playing against him is um, he's a very he's a very physical striker and he, he, he likes to make it look ugly. And um, I, I do feel like he it's a key battle in the game if Wednesday are to get anything from this game. Uh, it'd be obviously him uh, versus Darlin or O'Hora. Um, and it's keen that we make a mark early on, I feel. I feel like... Um, if we get tight to him, uh, don't allow him the space and we stop him. Um, yeah, we don't stop the whole Wednesday side, but we, we make it harder for them. And um, I believe he scored against us at Hillsborough um, earlier on in the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if he'd done it again on Saturday. So um, he's certainly a player. I believe he is ex-Millwall, so he's got that championship quality uh, within him and the experience. Um, but talk about experience. Um, another player I've highlighted is Harley Dean. Yes, he, I believe he's only played like five games this season. Um, he's on loan, obviously, from Birmingham um, for, for one reason or another. Um, but at this latter stage of the season, you need experienced characters, and uh, he's a perfect bloke to have, uh, especially um, in that heart of the defence. Um, and um, his knowledge and know-how about get, just to see off games, really, uh, comes into play, and... You talk about obviously Wednesday fighting for playoffs, um, and I, I do genuinely believe the reason why they're in playoffs is due to experiences, experience within their team. Um, I think their lot in their last game they had an average age of twenty nine, so it just goes to show uh, they've got the experience with their team. And um, Dean's got over four hundred career appearances off, um, and I genuinely do believe it will help off the pitch. And I'm sure Darren Moore. Feel he's perfect figure um, to lead Wednesday to any success this campaign. Yeah, I'm glad to mention the experience factor actually because um, I believe feed the club released like a notebook um, article and it, it showcases that uh, it's the second youngest squad in Don's going against second most or well, the second highest average age in terms of Sheffield Wednesday is 28.2 in terms of their squad. So it really is you know you first experience in this one and you know. It's weird because with, with both games this week, uh, I know folks on Wednesday we're going to Oxford later, but we're playing teams that play fairly similar styles. Both like to control the ball, both like to use the wings to attack play, um, both like to essentially operate a high press and win the ball in you know dangerous areas and capitalize off that. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a, a very interesting game, and I feel that although we're going to prepare for both games in separate ways, it's. I think, but I think both styles we can, even though it's a short turnaround, we can kind of prepare for both games at the same time without really realizing it. So, yeah, a very talented team, obviously on a good run, as Joe pointed out. And um, yes, very, very talented players. And I'm sure the Wednesday fans will be, you know, pretty confident heading to say, okay, um, obviously, you know, our strength's been in our way from this season, but as of recently, our home form's also picked up. So we're starting to combine the two together, which is nice to see for a, hopefully a, a promotion campaign. And yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad I can't be there on on Saturday, but um, yeah, it's gonna be a good game hopefully, and I'll, I'll catch it on I'll catch it on Sky for sure. Before we um dive into our predictions for that game, we will touch on the Oxford game also. Of course, on Tuesday night at the Kassam Stadium, aka the Freestand Stadium, um, Oxford are an interesting team. Obviously, they. They've been in the playoffs for quite a long time up until recently. Um, they lost the last three games in the league. And they so now they currently sit outside the playoffs in eighth position, um, with being four points away from Wickham, who are currently seventh in the final playoff spot. 
really it's been overall it's been their home form that's really carried them through this season of course a bit like they're, when they're in, they're in the playoffs their home form was top of the league but like Wednesdays is now um, and unfortunately some losses to Bolton and Sunderland have really damaged that ranking they're down in sixth now in terms of home form but it with, with the players they do have and the talent they do have um, and of course the gaffer and Kai Robinson which you all know really well and they're a tough team to play and it'll be a tough trip for us especially after a actually a pretty intense game against Sheffield Wednesday on a Saturday evening as we know with a Kai Robinson team uh, it's very possession based um, controlling the game where you can um, not so much not too much of a high press but enough of a high press to which can trouble you I'm sure it won't be as intense as the AFC one was on on Saturday as it's gone um, interestingly with both of these teams average the lowest XG ratio in terms of set pieces so Oxford is the lowest and I the second lowest at uh, 0.16 and 0.17 respectively so a lot of the goals if you do see goals in this game will be from open play or even a Scott time free kick who knows um, so yeah that's an interesting point to make and with, with Oxford's uh, 2.4 goals average per home game this season um, you know, it's going to be goals in this game I think it's fair, fairly comfortable to say so you know, it's going to be because we've got Jamie coming in goal now and our defence has been fairly solid over the past few months but I think it'll be really tested by this Oxford attack um, and in their 4-3-3 setup um, where I said possession and control was the focus it's going to be quite a mental test as well as it is a physical one uh, for our lads should be quite a fast paced game I imagine um, both teams will create chances um, for a few players who for me stand out compared to most of course Matty Taylor up front uh, basically getting a goal every other game with 20 goals in 39 games this season in the league uh, played the third most minutes among strikers in league one this year um, so he's not only, not only stayed fit but he's also contributed well enough to that um, so he's, he's the main danger man and I, I believe he's caused us plenty of trouble in the past for previous clubs and of course Oxford um, but also Gavin White's a danger man a double digits for assists in the league this season for the Northern Irish winger on loan and um, he's actually averaged the most assists per 90 minutes that he's played this year so when he does play he's a bit of a firework and definitely gets things going so would not be shocked at all to see him for at least 30 minutes if not for the full game uh, on Tuesday night creating chances um, and again I wouldn't be shocked if he has that uh, 10 assists tally this season so um, obviously Ross a lot of information there regarding Oxford was there anything in terms of player wise or any anything else you want to add regarding their team there I was to think that Robbo was going to go nice and those and let us have three points well I mean he might do he might do but I doubt <laughs> it I doubt it a roll much. over um, but no you, you obviously mentioned two top players um, one player Cameron Brannigan um, he's got 13 goals, one assist this season. He's a player. Obviously, you think about the top playmakers of the league. Obviously, you've got obviously Twiney, you've got uh, Bannon. Um, obviously, I do believe um, Brannigan's up there. His, but I don't feel like his stats justify that um, of how good of a player he actually is. Um, he's a player who, personally, I, I feel will be at championship level, whether it's with Oxford or not next year. Um, and I, I, I do... I believe in the previous window he was, I, I think Blackpool were in for him uh, late on, but I might be wrong. Um, but he's a midfielder who likes to travel with the ball. Um, and with a lot of goals this year with Oxford, um, yes, he's not getting the assist, but he's heavily involved in the build-up play. And you can, as you can look at stats all you want, but if it doesn't really determine how heavily involved some players are. Um, 
And he's certainly a player I wouldn't mind having at Don's uh, if Twiney did leave. Um, but yeah, Oxford, Oxford side's full of talent and um, we've got to be at a top game to obviously get any points at uh, Oxford. And um, I'm hoping uh, we can deliver. Yeah, and not that we go off historical matchups too much, but um, Oxford do have a pretty good record against us as well in terms of not losing to us. So, uh, yeah, it's, it'd be, I think it'll be a tough game. Um, Joe, I'm sure you're in agreement with that with that notion. Yeah, I mean, just to, just to basically back up what, what, what Ross was saying in terms of, uh, you know, with, with Oxford, they, they score a hell of a lot, but, I mean, they've scored the most goals in the league. But the reason they're not in the playoffs is because their defence is um, only one team's got a worse defence in the top half. And uh, just to back that up, at home this season, they've scored. They've scored in their last ten home games. They've also conceded in their last eight home games. Um, so I think that just kind of shows you that you know it's more of a uh, let's score more of you mentality um, at Oxford. And you know they've always had so much talent going forward, um, as we unfortunately found out um, at, at the home game earlier this year. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, you've got Herbie Kane and uh, Cameron Brannigan in the middle of the pitch there who can really, they just tick things over. As Ross said, they might not necessarily get get loads of assists like Twine or someone else playing a bit more forward, Mike, but they're, they're just as important in the build-up. And if anything, they're probably feeding through the likes of, you know, the Twines of the world, you know. Um, Matt Taylor, I, I say this every time we play them, but he's a horrible little bastard. And um, he's... I, I, I really quite admire him, to be honest. Um, he's like the Diego Costa of League One. Everyone just hates to play up against him. But if you're an Oxford fan, I'm sure you absolutely love him. Um, so, yeah, no doubt he'll be trying to wind people up, trying to dive, or not dive, but just throw himself all over the place, win penalties. His work rate's insane. Um, so, look, you you can't knock it. Get fair play to the boy. Um, and, he's, and he's got a good haul of goals this season. Um, so yeah, I think you know with Oxford, that, like you said, they're a decent side at home. Um, but again, they're a team that have really struggled against teams in the top ten this season. They've only actually won three three games against teams in the top ten. So hopefully that's an omen that bodes well. Yeah, I like it. I like like saying that for sure. I suppose we'll um, we won't bother with lineups because there's two games, and I think the team. Maybe besides Mo for Wickham, it's pretty much set. Um, so we'll we'll leave it at that and to say it'll be one change, Isa for Wickham, uh, for Sheffield Wednesday, and then we'll see what happens for Oxford. Um, but we will focus on scores. Um, it's two massive games that really, really could decide the season in terms of where we go uh, from here and into the final two games of the year, uh, or the season. Sorry, not the year. I'm talking about. Um, Ross, how many points have you got the Dons taking from these two? So in these big games this season, I, I do believe um, the, the this squad's thrived, and um, with obviously five thousand Sheffield Wednesday fans coming on Saturday, I don't feel like it's an occasion where it will overhaul the players. I think it'll be a case of they're going to thrive on it, and um, I I do genuinely believe um, this squad will get over line, um, and I've I'm backing us to take six points out of two games. I know um, it's a bit bold right now, but I've backed them all season. Why not back them now? And um, yeah, I do believe Saturday's a lot harder of a game um, than obviously what Oxford are. Just looking at form and everything around it. Um, but as you say, Liam, our home form's improving and I, I, I do feel like we're getting better at home and our away form, we're setting records alike. So uh, 
yeah, six points for me. So um, I'm, I'm imagining two nil victory on Saturday, and then um, I can see there's being quite a few goals, obviously on uh, Tuesday, and I'm edging probably two one or three one. I like it. Fair play. I mean, I'd love, I'd love to have your confidence in both games, that's for sure. But no, I, I do fully appreciate it. I do reckon we'll get out of the line ourselves. Um, Joe, are you, are you as confident as Ross? Um, I'm, I'm I'm confident, not as confident. A solid four points for me. And, and what do you reckon score-wise then? Uh, score-wise, I think um, Sheffield Wednesday is the one I think we're just going to drop points in. Um, again, you know that home record—it's it's, it's it's good, but it's not. We, you know, we've not beat the only team in the you know sort of above Portsmouth we beat in their home and league was Wickham, and they had ten men for most of that game. Um, but you know, we had a good performance against Wigan, we had a good performance against Ipswich, but they just—it was just a bit of a tight game, and I can see that being similar. So I've gone for a one-all in that game. Um, away from home, the only team in the well, well, we lost to Shrewsbury and Doncaster and the only other bloody team we've lost away to away from home to is Sheffield Wednesday and that was in the 95th minute. So away from home, you know, I think, it, I think you know, away from home suits how we play a lot of the time. Uh, it's not reactive as such, but, you know, we sort of read the game, grow into the game and, and go from there. And as I said before, Oxford do not have a great record against teams um, higher in the, you know, higher in the division. They, they're absolutely lethal at home against the bottom half sides. I think, um, they something like out the last over the last few seasons they've they've only failed to beat a few of them. Um, they, they every season they're absolutely almost flat track bullies. You know they rack up the goals against these weaker sides, but it's their you know game management and probably their defensive nous against these top sides, which ultimately is is cost going to cost them a possibly a shot in the playoffs. And if you know if they don't have a positive result on Friday, um, who knows they could be. Um, little bit on the beach sort of thing uh, come come to Tuesday night. So I've gone for a 2-1 uh, victory away from home there. Okay, I like it. I like it. I have also gone for four points this week. Um, again, two really, really tough games. Uh, I think if we do get six points from, I mean, I'd like to think to get so the line. trophy now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I do, to be honest with you. I'm very surprised if we get six points from this week. I'm very surprised if we go ahead and not, not get a job done uh, by the 30th of April. Um, I think we'll personally beat Sheffield Wednesday. And I, I agree with Ross's score of 2-0. Um, I don't know why I've got a feeling about the game. Um, yes, Wednesday's beating record is very good, but I just feel we can avenge our, you know, our collapse at their place at Hillsborough. Again, another place which had an atmosphere and occasion, things like that, which we struggled with. Um, towards the end, um, but I think we'll get we'll get a vengeance this time and get three points and a massive three points in this case, uh, especially if Rotherham and Wigan do indeed win earlier in the day. Um, and then Oxford, I'm going to go one-one. Um, I appreciate I appreciate the points Joe made regarding them being flat track bullies and struggling against the top teams. Um, I think it'll be a frustrating game to watch. To be honest with you, I think both teams will have plenty of chances and ultimately not take them, um, but. I think it's a good point for both sides, especially if we win on Saturday in this case. And um, as a bit like uh, the previous Saturday was, you know, a point closer to hopefully our goal of uh, getting into the second division, which um, I like to think we're in a good position to do so now, which should be uh, which should be lovely. So, yeah, I mean, overall, all three of us are fairly positive heading into this week. Um, at least we get one win, according to us. Hopefully it's two. 
Um, but yeah, make sure you back the boys uh, home and away over the next well, final few weeks of the season. Um, I know Oxford and Plymouth away tickets are still on sale. Uh, I think for Oxford, there's not too many, and Plymouth are selling quite nicely also. So we're uh, we're doing well, especially considering Plymouth is 12:30 kickoff. But yeah, make sure if you can, you come down to both games, um, back the lads, and uh, yeah, hopefully see us get a job done in the next few weeks. But until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.